Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Well, today on Kidney Talk, we have a guest, Alex Glazier, and she is the chair of UNOS OPTN Ethics Committee and a member of the Secretary of the U.S. Health and Human Services Advisory Committee on Organ Transplantation. Well, welcome to the show, Alex. Thank you. Well, you know, about a week ago, uh, UNOS sent out a press release about organ recovery from condemned prisoners, and this was an interesting topic because, you know, you, you, I have mixed feelings on it, but um, I was very intrigued to see UNO's position. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. The reason that this statement came out last week is that there had been a news story that had come out of Ohio. Maybe it's helpful to give a little background about that. Yes. There had been a gentleman, uh, Ronald Phillips, who was scheduled to be executed a couple weeks ago in Ohio by lethal injection. He was sentenced to die for a horrible crime, and this was in Akron, Ohio. He had committed in 1993. After all of his standard legal options had been exhausted, he had asked to be allowed to donate a kidney to his ailing mother and a heart to his sister, potentially. The governor issued a stay of execution, and this execution uh, has now been rescheduled for July. It was not clear initially whether the prisoner was actually requesting that the organ donation be the mode of his execution, meaning that he be anesthetized and somehow his vital organs be recovered, although later the issue revolved more around perhaps a living donation of uh, his kidney being donated to his mother. So this raised a number of issues. And as a result, the Ethics Committee and the OPTN took a look at this. Uh, I think it's important first to make sure it's clear that there are ethical differences between prisoners being potentially living donors versus the very unique issues that are raised with prisoners who are going to be executed being organ donors. Well, I know uh, about a year ago, there was an outreach for some prisoners on death row in Oregon who wanted to be organ donors. And, you know, I've had four transplants. Three of them were deceased donors. And um, I recall me and many of my friends who have transplants, we were sitting around the table and we were debating it and we were, we're, we're in a situation where we needed kidneys. So, um, we have something that can help us bridge to a transplant. But with lungs and hearts, there's just such a shortage. And it, it was interesting because I thought, well, I can't really say if, you know, if somebody wants to take a prisoner's heart or something like that from being executed, which I'm, I'm totally opposed to the death penalty anyways, but saying, how can I really judge that? And when your statement came out that it's much more difficult because of, you know, how do you how do you make that happen, the implementation of it and some of the other aspects, it got me to thinking, wow, this is much more complicated than our discussion around the table. Because, you know, if a, a prisoner wants to be a living donor, how do you transport them to 
be evaluated. That, that brings up risks, correct? Right, correct. And so there are certainly practical considerations, both with respect to prisoners being living donors um, and practical considerations with respect to how donation could occur in the context of condemned prisoners. But the ethical considerations, I think, still remain paramount. In regard to prisoners who are condemned and will be executed, I think, you know, to begin with, everyone certainly understands and agrees with the fundamental need for there to be more organs and the fact that there are candidates urgently awaiting transplant. And as you state, there are many individuals who don't have an opportunity to bridge, you know, until transplantation, particularly those awaiting hearts and lungs. But the ethical concerns and the potential for unintended consequences if organs were to be recovered from prisoners upon execution are so significant that, in fact, actually since 1998, the OPTN-UNOS Ethics Committee and the Board of Directors have clearly stated and reaffirmed their fundamental opposition to taking organs from prisoners upon execution. And, in fact, I believe this practice has been deemed, quote-unquote, morally reprehensible. And let me unpack a little bit on the why. The reason why there's such strong objection to this idea is because it's just extremely difficult to ensure that a condemned prisoner could give proper consent for donation that's free from any coercion. And the public trust in the system of organ transplantation is really based on the rights of everyone to make a free and fair choice regarding donation. If that choice is limited, which it certainly is in the context of a condemned prisoner, the public trust may really be undermined in a way that would cause significant harm to the entire system. You know, that makes sense. I mean, also, let's say somebody in prison, and I think many years ago there was a prisoner who wants to be evaluated. I mean, just the logistical aspects of that would be very complex for a transplant center to carry out. And that's one of the things we were discussing around the table. How would they do that? Complicated to carry out, and also it may be seen as a great benefit to the prisoner, just the ability to go to the hospital, enjoy the bus ride and the evaluation, uh, the the food at the hospital, all those things may be a manipulation and a benefit to the prisoner um, and cause for concern, you know, from the prison system. I think sometimes the argument I hear is, that if the prisoner is going to die anyway, why not just take the organs too? You know, what really is the downside? And I think with this nothing-to-lose concept uh, of coercion-free informed consent may not seem like it's really all that ethically important, but I think it's actually quite critical because it highlights the the very one protection that we have to make sure that... um, there is actually this protection to make sure that the need for organs isn't what's actually fueling death sentencing. Oh, yeah, that's an interesting point. I never thought of that. Right. The last thing we want is to make sure that uh, the need for organs is driving death sentencing. So in that way, we want to make sure that, uh, or we want to prevent that uh, any possibility that organ donation could provide an inappropriate incentive to execute prisoners, and this could lead to very significant human rights violations. Any possibility that particular groups or even individuals could receive a death sentence to provide transplantable organs to the public would be completely objectionable. Organ donation should never be used or seen as a possible justification for executions. 
Well, and I uh, remember one conversation that I had as well, if, if a prisoner wanted to donate a kidney, could it, you know, lessen his sentence? And, you know, on paper, that might look good. But again, it brings up the issue of um, can they consent? And then how would that really work? And how would you implement that? And how would you make it fair? Because, I mean, there's such a drastic need for kidneys um, and organs. Over 100,000 people are waiting. So you can, you know, certainly understand these conversations, especially for the ones waiting. They're like, well, I'll take a, a, a condemned prisoner's or a prisoner's organ. I just want to live because the, the, the desire to live is so strong. You don't really care where the organ comes from. Right, but coercion-free consent and that principle of voluntariness is really central to organ donation in our country and actually worldwide as well. So, so the one country where this has been an issue is China. And, you know, they've been subject to protest and, and certainly uh, has been seen as in violation of WHO principles and really have been under significant pressure internationally to change their practices to, again, align themselves with this idea of voluntariness being the central principle for organ donation. I met a patient at one of our meetings that went to China and got a kidney and a pancreas. And that made me feel very suspect to um, you can get a kidney and survive, but you can't get a kidney and a pancreas and survive. And it was just somewhat, you know, hard to to take that route, that's really happening around the world. And we can't let that happen in the U.S. Right. I think that's that's correct. We cannot see executed prisoners as a convenient source of organs. And, you know, that's exactly what's led to human rights abuses in China. I think that there's been some progress there. And recently, even just in the past month, actually, there uh, has been significant progress in China with some of the transplant hospitals signing some written commitment to stop using prisoners for organs. And I think that we need to be very careful not to go uh, any step in that direction. And I don't believe that we will. I know it is. It's um, when I saw this uh, information come through my email and I started reading it, I'm like, wow, you know, we don't have all the facts about why people make decisions. And I think this show will help inform the public of why this decision was made because, you know, people are very quick to think, well, well, they're not going to use their organs anymore. I might as well use them. <laughs> and it, it is. You have to look at the big picture because it, it could turn into a very nasty situation. Also, I think, you know, in our country, my understanding is there are about 40 to 50 executions a year. So this is not something that would readily solve our crisis in terms of those waiting for transplantation. I think that there are other uh, more important initiatives that deserve our attention. Well, we need to be spreading the word to the public to sign up for their organ donor card and also to, you know, let their family know about their wishes. And many states now have registries that you can go sign on and make your wishes very clear. Is it every state now? Every Every state state has. Yes. Every state has a, and I think you can go to Donate Life. Donate Life America, and uh, they, they can direct you. I think that just turning back to this issue for a moment, though, there is a model out there in a different context that shows how some parameters can work. In, in the context of human subject research, which is, 
you know, uh, a different type of altruistic medical purpose. There are some significant federal regulations about prisoners volunteering for medical research. And one of the big issues in volunteering for medical research is also the idea of coercion-free consent. And what the federal regulations say with regard to prisoners volunteering for human subject research is that there needs to be adequate assurances that volunteering for such research would never be used as part of the parole or sentencing decision. So again, the same idea that if a prisoner were to donate a kidney or to uh, ask to be evaluated as a potential donor, that perhaps that shouldn't ever be used at the parole decision-making or as part of sentencing. Well, you know, it's been a fascinating topic, and Alex, I thought you brought some great information to our listeners to really have a discussion about this and, you know, turn your efforts to bringing more awareness to, you know, organ donation in just general. But I thank you very much for sharing your viewpoint on this. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.